Ham and rolls, ham and rolls, ham and rolls. Welcome to the Ham and Roll Show with your hosts, Josh Janis and Jared Bell. We bring awareness to the topics that we are thinking about, and hopefully everybody's thinking about just two monkeys rifting off each other, trying to learn what this whole crazy universe is about. So let's discuss today's topic of creating awareness. And I think this topic in today's world virtually applies to everyone because I can't think of many people that haven't been affected by the topic of drugs. And what I would like to discuss today is our Drugs themselves inherently bad, or is it the intent, the way that it's used, the reason for using it that creates if it's positive or negative? All right, let's start out by defining. I want to know what a drug is. I want to know. What All right, so anyways, what, what, what did you say? <laughs> <Let's> defi- <laughs> what is a drug? What is a drug? Um, something that I like. Oh boy. <laughs> there we go. Um, remember your mom's listening to this yes um but i would classify and i I think that's a a good place to start because there's such a spectrum of drugs and i don't think that you know every drug is inherently the same in regarding the topic we're talking about where let's say heroin versus marijuana right i mean there's a difference there i mean there just is so Let's define drugs for now as something that alters your state of mind. Okay. What does Google say? That's what I'm, I'm looking up right now. But it does say it's, it's the act of doing drugs because Google's got shitty definitions no, today. No, it says a medicine or other substance which has a physiological effect when ingested or otherwise introduced into the body. Physiological. I think that's a good definition if everybody knows what that means. Oh, it's really your, your, your mind, your body, your, the way that your, your body's working, correct? Yes. So that definition, however, opens up a whole bag of worms as to what a drug is. I think we should probably limit it to, to what we think culturally as drugs because I could very easily argue that sugar is a drug. I could very easily argue that uh, different all food is some sort of a drug because it's it's going to have some sort of physiological change in you. So I think we'd be better off or better suited for this conversation. When we say drugs, we don't mean aspirin. We don't mean sugar. We mean, you know, uh, marijuana or cocaine or heroin. What's considered mostly the illegal drugs, right? Yeah, what what's our culture has deemed as illegal. And, you know, in, in today's world, I mean... I, I stopped counting uh, ODs at, at when we hit 20, and that was like a decade ago. You know, so this is something that even if you don't use drugs, more than likely you're affected in your family or your friendships and some level. Alcohol, right? That's one of the oh, bigger yeah. ones out there. We have to include alcohol in this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're not even drinking mimosas today. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> we should have some drugs here. Some of us are on some <laughs> other drugs. I'm on the drug of love, Josh. <laughs> uh, that's perfect okay, all right so now we have a, a definition of what we're talking about when we say drugs and, and maybe you got that but uh, i would like you to just ponder since we're about awareness if sugar is a drug but i digress yes so here let me just make my statement to it of, of what my belief is is that 
No. Uh, the drug itself is not good or bad. It's how it's used. And the big difference is, I think if you're going to kind of classify it, are you using it to enhance a good feeling or are you using the drug to escape a bad feeling? And I think that's kind of the, the split there of, here, look, if you go out and have a couple beers with a friend or you meet a new friend at the bar and you guys have a couple cocktails, get a little buzzed, and all of a sudden you walk away with a new best friend, that's not bad. Now he's going to think it is for some fucking reason. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I don't Holy think that, shit. I don't think that anything is inherently bad or inherently good. The scenario that you painted, you know, most likely is good. There are scenarios where that could be bad. And that could be bad is if you walk away from the bar after, you know, a few extra drinks, having met your best friend and then choose to drive and get into a car accident. Well, then it's bad, right? That's a very good point. Um, that's why I have you, Josh. Make me think of these things. <laughs> well, I think, I think just the, it's not even the intent of what you went in. It's the relationship you have with it while on it, right? Like, is, is that a healthy relationship? So let's, let's take cocaine as an example. You know, like, can you, can you do cocaine socially and enjoy your time? Absolutely. Can you push it to the limit and, you know, not get sleep or not have, you know, all the, all the bad things that side effects that can come from cocaine, you know, are you paying attention to those? You know, so I, I understand what you're saying by the why are we doing this? The fact of the matter is, it's not just why, like whether it be a good intent or a bad intent, it's what actually happens while you're on those drugs. Are you with me? Or you I was drugs? burping. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my this, train of thought. This is, why, this is why I did not take any illegal drugs before this podcast. Me neither. Just, just coffee. All right, back to what the hell we're talking about. So I think, you know, in today's, and I, I think a, a good reason, right, why would this be important is is without the proper awareness of it, you know, if you're going to, let's say, solve a problem and you're, and you're drinking a lot and you target drinking alcohol as the cause, is that really the cause of your problem? Or, you know, or, or is that just your way, the tool that you're using to escape the real problem? And in people's lives, you know, and in anything, you can't solve it until you get to the cause, right? The true cause of it. So I think drugs are, are almost a scapegoat as the problem where the problem is, is much deeper within ourselves. Could it be okay? Are there scenarios where it's okay to escape whatever the problem is? Yeah, oh, I, I do agree with that. I, I actually had this conversation with a good friend the other day of, see seeing some call it red flags where i wanted to make them make sure that they were aware of it yet sometimes look it's a tool right sometimes you just need to look i just need to shut it down for a couple hours right and that's not bad as long as you get back to addressing the the actual cause you know if if and then i think the problem occurs and uh the the long term problem is you continually keep using that tool to escape it and you never confront, you know, the real issue at hand. So, you know, to take a breather, 
right? Now, there's probably better ways, meditating or, you know, running or, you know, something. But it, it's just another tool like that, right? And, and that could be, to your point, it could be, it can be a positive. It's just, if you're using it, so let's say you're having a few drinks, you had a stressful day at work and you're, you're having a few drinks. If you're using that in a way of moderation, so you feel lighter, and then the next day, because you feel lighter, you can tackle the problem that was at hand. Okay, well, you're using it as a tool, like you're saying, as a good tool. However, if you're just using it to dull whatever the pain is and you never you never address it, like you're saying, well, then it becomes a very big negative. And that line is a consistently moving line that you have to be aware of. And unfortunately, when you're under the influence, you're probably not aware of that line. I think that's... Uh, the moving line, meaning it's 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 a, a moving target to be. I've actually set a goal uh, when I was 23 years old to never have to quit drinking. Um, I, I I consider what I call I have the bug, right? I have the 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 addiction gene, the alcohol gene, right? So when I start drinking, I don't want to stop. So, but some periods of my life, it was okay, right? We were frat guys, or we were you know partying it up at 25, and and it was a, a lifestyle. So the the line was different then where if that was where it was set now in my life then I would have some issues because you know I hate waking up feeling like shit every day and you know I mean hell I think I've been crossing it a little bit lately <laughs> anyways well I think what's interesting is you you make a justification for when you were 25 and you used to party or you used to be a frat guy I still party that's thank you <laughs> thank you for that let's be clear it's it's <laughs> It's an interesting justification because you're like, ah, I was 25. It's, it's okay. Well, what could, you, what could you have done? What was the cost of that? There, and there's, you know, there's always a, a, a cost, and that's an interesting question. Where, where would my life be if I would have took that time and, and did it? Or, yeah, could it be good or could it be better? Could it be worse? And if the world's abundant, really, it can go either way, right? So, and, and I don't think going back and, you know, if, if, every, if you're happy and everything in your past has gotten you to where you are now, then you're okay with it, you know. So I think you almost got to make sure the target's always, you know, the happiness. And once, and I think if you're coming from that happy state, right, that, that frequency of love, drugs are, are, are different than being in that, that anger or that depressed state where, you know, so I, I think kind of going back to our last show on talking about love and, and that frequency drugs play into what level you're on and, and, and let's say how it affects you in the long term. Yes. So make sense of that for everybody, that, please. If Josh. that's, if that's the case, Jared, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, then, then it's okay to do heroin every once in a while. Is that correct? <sighs> yes. If you were able now here, look, I, I can't do heroin because I have an addictive personality and look, people die for this shit. I'm sure it's a great freaking high dude. I mean, in all honesty, it's gotta be, I mean, you talk to addicts, they said they'll die for this shit. That's how much they like it. All right. So I think the interesting, um, topic you brought up is where does addiction play into it now? Right. Where some drugs are much more addictive than other drugs. And that's a component of, looking at how it's going to affect your life and yeah, something like that. 
Every time that happens. I had a rough night. <laughs> As we're talking oh, about drugs. <laughs> so my conclusion, I also, uh, you know, I guess the only form of heroin that I've had is in a pill form, and that's in Vicodin or uh, Oxycontin from surgeries or whatever. But to me, everything in moderation, including moderation, in, if that's what you choose to do. Now, the circles that I believe that heroin runs in is probably not the most healthy of circles. But if you found a healthy circle where you, you treated it as a, uh, like an ayahuasca or a mushrooms, which I'm sure we'll talk about, where, where there is some uh, psychological benefit, well then, you know, okay. You know, and, and ultimately, let's talk about the marketing of what heroin is. I mean, what's the difference between a guy in a white coat pres- prescribing Oxycontin and you getting heroin off the street? Besides, you know, at least... The Oxycontin is going to be that. It's not going to be mixed with fentanyl or something of that nature. So right there is showing that drugs, the way they are used, right? The intention where, look, if you have a lot of pain or something, maybe it is a good drug and and can help you as a tool through that situation. And I think going back to um, the addiction side, you know, of, of... there, there's a line that gets crossed. You know, I, I call it falling off the, uh, falling off the cliff, right? Where once you fall off that cliff, you cross that line, you can really never go back. So when people, let's say, fall off the cliff from drinking, they can't really drink anymore. You know, I mean, very, it's like 5% of people that have been able to figure out how to socially drink after call it falling off the cliff. So being aware, again, of the addictive pers- component of it, and what drugs are more addictive should play into your planning of how to use these things. And bringing out these conversations, these kind of tough conversations, I think is very important. Drugs have always, not always, I mean, I'm 38, so for my life, you know, when I, when I was growing up, we say no to drugs, right? Everybody remember drug abuse resistance education, the dare, Idiots. The dare <laughs> officer coming in. I remember them having like a briefcase of all the different drugs. Like, like this I tried is, to steal that briefcase, Josh. <laughs> I don't doubt that. I don't think he's joking, everybody. Uh, but I, I remember that, and, and like they, you know, they they used fear as a weapon instead of trying to understand. And, Great awareness. And unfortunately, you know, when you take a bunch of kids, some of us, you know, I was fearful, but some of them were like. Oh. You tell me not to do something, yeah. man. I'm going right at it. It's, you know, the, the Catholic schoolgirl type of thing. Like, you, you was hold her back and Bad back. Catholic school kid. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, boom. You know, you, they get uh, some freedom and they're like, oh, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this. Our, our pathway to a happier society, in my opinion, is not to run from topics, not to use fear, but use education, which is why we are here on this podcast to try to bring awareness to tough topics. Uh, even in a simple way, so we can all kind of understand or at least feel comfortable having these conversations. I think uh, even one of the things that stood out to me when I was maybe like 15, 16, um, my sister had two exchange students, so I got to go over there and ride her coattails and spend like three weeks in Spain. But we were the American kids running around. We could get beer at Burger King and McDonald's. I got drunk in Burger King when I was 16. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And these kids would look at us and like, oh, you guys are weird. Like, why do you make such a big deal? Because their culture, you would have a glass of wine at dinner, right? It was more the awareness of, and, and the awareness of what it was uh, and the not 
demonizing it so that people would want to go, the, the people that want to go against the grain, you know, are going to go right after something and then probably abuse it. But we were looked at like we were weird. Like they were like, dude, it made no sense to them. Yeah. It was cool to get drunk at Burger King. I guess as a 16-year-old, I don't know if Burger King would be the place that I would go get bombed. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, at 16, I could definitely see that. So the idea of having that awareness of your relationship with whatever the drug of choice is, what about drugs that you seek out to help build? Are there, are there drugs that, you can take that that help build your psyche or you know maybe your physicality i think we're gonna get there and i was waiting for you to go there um before we go there i just wanted to clarify go back to one point i don't know i was i don't know if we got it clear in in the state of let's say what what frequency you're living at in your mind where if you're living in a, a a state of happiness and love and joy versus a state of anger blame denial resentment Drugs are going to affect you differently because of that state, right? They're going to enhance something. So if you're happy and you use a drug that makes you happier, it's probably a lot different than trying to use a drug to not be angry where it's just going to make you angrier. Yeah, so what you're saying is that the drugs or your, your version of the relationship of drugs that you've had is that it helps. I don't do you, drugs, Josh. If you're... <laughs> If you're happy, it's going to accentuate the happiness. If you're sad, eventually it's going to accentuate the sad. Correct. Correct. So kind of to move on, let's, let's say the pros and cons, right? The, the, um, so oh, I think I can, I can end cap that by saying don't think of a, perhaps don't think of drug as a magic wand that's going to change the way that you feel. And be aware of what state you're in when you're using it, that it's going to enhance that state. Yes. And most likely block you from seeing all the, the reality of things. Because every time I think I'm smart when I'm drunk, uh, usually I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's not lying. Yeah. yeah. My emails sound really good at, at midnight, but, yeah. you know, in the morning they're not received that way. <laughs> so to the pros and cons, right, of, of obviously drugs are, are inherently used for many medical reasons, but let's look outside of medicine, right? We already know what drugs do in medicine, so there are benefits to it. When you say medicine drugs, are you saying like... Uh, Western like, medicine. Okay, so you're saying like... Hospitals and shit. Uh, Oxycontin. Yeah, or, doctor or stuff. penicillin yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, so besides those, are there benefits to drugs? Yeah, and then, I mean, I, I think there's inherently uh, no question to it, right? I mean, if, if you look at, let's say, the, you know, psilocybin treatments that are, are starting to be um, tested more, uh, even on one of the most interesting things, and there needs to be a lot more studies on this, but quitting smoking, right, one of the hardest things, the success rate of nicotine patches and gum and all that is, is at best 10%. The success rate, and that's with somebody not to have a cigarette a year after the treatment, the success of psilocybin treatments was like 92. Need more studies. But, I mean, that just whips the shit out of everything. PTSD. I mean, psilocybin, otherwise known as magic mushrooms for those that don't know drugs, psilocybin is really coming on as kind of a, a I don't want to call it a miracle, but Kind of a miracle kind for, of a miracle. for our, our mental psyche and, and 
you know, it, they were villainized for so long. It's, it's kind of incredible. And why is it, you know, I, I, I mean, from my experiences, um, it's, it's the ability to dive deep within yourself, create awareness of, of who you are to get deep into your psyche. And, you know, a, a good friend of mine, my best friend, his dad honestly said, eat acid once a year. It's healthy for you because of, of where it takes you to for, and, and it almost gives you, almost gives your brain like a reset. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's experience is different, certainly. Yeah, that's a good point. Every drug affects everyone differently. And also there's, there's a lot of different variables. So I'm not suggesting that you go take a heroic, heroic dose and you've never done it before and you're uh, in a dark alley. Fuck it, do it. <laughs> yeah. Listen to me. <laughs> Don't the, listen to me. The, yeah, it's like the angel and the devil. I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just saying understand where you are at that particular time and make sure that you're in a safe and comfortable place. So uh, psilocybin is, uh, you know, something that I don't mind saying that I do, but I, I do it a little bit differently. I take micro doses of it. So I'm not, I mean, I have taken a, a, you know, a heroic dose or a big dose, but not in a very long time. Heroic dose. It helps me with creativity. Uh, Hello. So I take, how do I measure it out? I forgot. It's 0.25 grams of psilocybin chopped up. I put it into a capsule, weigh it. And that just gives me uh, the ability to look at things from a, maybe a 10% or 15% different of an angle. So, you know, picture yourself looking at a tree, really taking in that tree, taking in the branches, the leaves, how the sun is hitting it, and then take two steps to your right. And then you'll notice different things about the tree and how the sun's hitting it differently, how the wind's blowing on it differently. Maybe you notice a bird's nest. That's what uh, microdosing does for me. And so every once in a while when I feel like I'm in a rut creatively, I will take a, a microdose. And that's, that's interesting because I'm the exact opposite, I would say, in that I have what that, I... That is not interesting in and of itself. We, we know that. We know that. All right. So part of the show is that me and Josh are just so different that you know we hope to bring both perspectives and then show that there's no right or wrong to it. it really that there's just ways of looking at things and we're trying to create ways of looking at these things with people so for me I, I, I I've been saying it for as long as I can think I'm better at abstinence and moderation all right so I'm, I'm either full on or full off so for me the, the try of micro dose, well, I would just be opening up more capsules, Josh, and taking as many as I can. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's, but I know that about myself. And that's okay, like you mm -hmm. said. But now, again, going back to once a year, it's healthy for you. You know, I, I think there's a lot of, even what was it, DMT is, is one of the new big ones. And it, it, it's the ability to reach that, that, that higher level, almost that higher self, is is where you're able to get to almost instantly. You know, you're able to to see things and give a different perspective that maybe maybe you could do without the drug, but maybe you gotta live in a Buddhist temple or something for ten years and you're just taking a shortcut. Well, you bring up DMT. DMT is a really interesting one, but it brings up a higher point of what's actually happening when you take these drugs. And DMT is, is something dimethyltryptamine, I believe it is, and it is something that we produce naturally. And when we do something that 
stimulus. So uh, DMT now you can get in various forms, but it's not as though it's it's putting something that's foreign into our body. It's triggering what's already in there, and that's a that's fascinating. It's just like uh, steroids or something of that nature. Like it's producing or it's helping produce testosterone in a higher quality quantity. Excuse me. And then obviously there's usually long term effects. Well, on anything, right? On anything. A, Look, one of the one of the everything rules, in moderation, including moderation. Absolutely, and one of the rules to anything, if you think about it, everything has a cost. It could be a, you know maybe you want to pay it, right? I'm not saying that it, that a cost is necessarily bad, but everything has a cost. So understand that when you're doing something, even when you think it's good, it is going to have a cost to that. You know, instead of uh, having all the fun at the bars when you're 25, it could have been you know doing this podcast. That's right. Yeah, you could have started this podcast and you would have Maybe been one of the people first people would podcasters. actually fucking have heard of it <laughs> after 15 years. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> so, it, you know, it's important it's important to understand that that any of these things do have a cost. And so let's let's go to back to DMT. That is a a really really strange something I have not done. Uh Me neither. Uh, I would I really want to do ayahuasca, which is uh, a very old way of essentially doing DMT. It's just ingested in a, an old school form where they take roots and they make a stew and you drink it and, and there's you, know, you have a shaman with you if you're doing it correctly and you know uh, you can smoke DMT now and, and be gone for five ten minutes where you're literally in a different universe from what I understand and then you come back and you're like whoa well that's almost like a I mean hell nitrous right hippie crack you got thirty seconds of bump 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 but I mean it's a cool feeling for that. I mean, you kill a lot of brain cells from what I hear. <laughs> Lucky we got tons of those guys. <laughs> you got plenty of brain cells to burn. <laughs> that, may, that may explain a lot. <laughs> I like your... Um, anyway. No. <laughs> so, are drugs good or bad? I think, you know, our opinion actually comes together on this one. It's Holy shit, we're almost at 30 minutes. I know. It's crazy. Our opinion comes together on this one. Everything in moderation, including moderation. And I, and I think awareness behind the drug, the effects, your mental state, the whole, you know, where you're at in life, why you're doing it, determines the outcome, not the drug itself. And don't let somebody else, whether it be us or, uh, you know, the news or the president or, you know, Ronald Reagan, who I guess was the president, don't let them tell you that something is bad. That means they're making a decision on how you should live. You could absolutely, and you should, take their opinion into consideration, but let's figure out why drugs are bad and what's happening and, and really get to the root of whatever knowledge that we're trying to gain and make our own decisions. Maybe drugs are bad for you. There's a a lot of people out there that drugs are bad for and they shouldn't do them because their life is not then congruent with the way that they would want their lives to be. For others, they can experiment with drugs and it helps bring them to a better, higher place. It just functions as a tool and there's everything in between. So I encourage you to do your own research. Don't just inherently think something is bad or good or, or you knew somebody because everybody is different. So in conclusion, uh, go out and try every drug you can. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. 
You don't have to try. I have not tried every drug. That's for damn sure. There are uh, risk rewards, uh, you know, to everything. There's, there's, like I said, cost to everything. And uh, I'm not willing to pay the cost for some of them. And I'm not either. And I think what we're really saying is, is go out, get, get your knowledge, right? That's, and then make the decision on what's best for you based on the best information you are able to have at that moment. And to realize that down the road, you might come up with some new information and realize that it's different than what it was you thought it was five years ago. You have done drugs, if you're listening to this. You have taken Tylenol. You have, you know, had caffeine. You've, you've maybe sugar. Done, yeah, you've had sugar. You've had alcohol. You've had whatever. Whatever it is, you have had it. So, you know, don't be closed off to the situation. Like, don't well, be I a don't, hater. I don't do <laughs> drugs. I'm, that person's a bad person if they do. No, that's not the case at all. You have done drugs. You're just brainwashed into what a bad or good drug is. Well said. Well said. So, in conclusion, Hammond and rolls, Hammond rolls, Hammond rolls. Yeah, that was okay. Oh, <laughs>